Good afternoon, Culture Vultures, and welcome to another episode of What the Art, where we discuss all things art and culture from New England and beyond. I'm Rachel Parsons, the Director of New England Regional Art Museum, and today I'm going to be speaking with two local New Englanders Englanders who are making stuff happen in the art scene. My first guest, making a return to the show, and you are my first return guest, is uh, Chris Clark, who is the CEO of the New England Conservatorium of Music. Hey, Chris. Hello. I'm I'm so glad that you invited me back because <laughs> I'm in this like awful nether region between it was two weeks ago that we presented a concert and it's two weeks till we're presenting the next one. So mm-hmm. coming in was just giving me a bit of meaning and direction in my <laughs> life. Thank you. You're in no man's land. You are welcome. So welcome back to the show. Um, so as you just mentioned, last month, uh, NECOM hosted the Australian Chamber Orchestra led by artistic director Richard Tognetti. Tonietti. Tonietti. Not bad. Tonietti. (laughs) And it was a fabulous night. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, it was actually a big um, deal for us up at the conservatorium to host an event in the auditorium of the Armadale Teachers College. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was explaining to people um, who aren't in the classical music world what it's like to have the Australian Chamber Orchestra and Richard Tonietti in town. And I was explaining to people it's like having the Beatles. It's like we were presenting the Beatles that night. So it was so exciting um, for us. And so I was communicating in that way to everyone about what we were about to do. And then um, when we had our team huddle, kind of in the sanctum of the of the um, conservatorium team right before the concert, I said, tonight is like, it's like presenting the ACO with Richard Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I could kind of say what it actually was. So it was a big deal for us to host an event up there. Um, we uh, traditionally haven't activated that auditorium so much, but it's actually a beautiful hall. It's like um, intimate, so you're kind of up close and personal with the artist. It's tiered seating, so you get a great view and the acoustic's really nice. Great size for like a small group like the Australian Chamber Orchestra. So we had about 15 members of the orchestra here. And um, it, it, they are really only here because of international travel restrictions. Mm. And those groups don't ever come to regional areas. So it was a big coup for us to land them and bring them to town. They did a couple of little stops on the way, but really they came up to see us and the Amada audiences. So it was a, a big night. We did two performances back to back. We served them um, dinner in between. Um, <laughs> we held the, the bottles of wine back just in case. <laughs> Probably a good um, idea. Two full sold out shows at the Teachers College. And um, the numbers of people who said afterwards um, seeing the building lit up at night mm. um, was like a beacon um, up on the hill there. I mean, it's such a prominent building, that Armadale Teachers College. Having all the lights on, we had like a little kind of candle lit walkway up the stairs on the yeah. way in just to kind of let everyone know it was a special night for us and, and for the town. And um, yeah, it worked out so well. We definitely want to do more gigs up there. Fantastic. It was a beautiful night and the Teachers College did look um, absolutely gorgeous. As you say, the auditorium, it's a lovely space to, mm. to be in. Um, and I, I do agree. I think that the size really works for it. I mean, I was right at the back because I arrived late, of course. Um, but I still felt really close to, to the orchestra. The sound was fantastic. And I did enjoy the fact that you told me it was like the Beatles because not being a classical music um, aficionado, um, I didn't understand how excited to be. But I de- definitely got into the mood and it was beautiful. Yeah, it was a really good night for us. I mean, it was a bit of a test case for us to see what we can do up there. Mm-hmm. and the idea that we can present events that professionally in our own auditorium 
um, to a large audience with such a high-profile group. I mean, to give you an idea, we um, we sold out like you know a week or so before um, the performances. And so I had already written to the managing director of the Australian Chamber Orchestra and said, is there any chance you could come back next year? Ah. And he said, the first date we've got available in our diary at the moment is 2026. <laughs> so, you know, that was, you know, okay, well, put us down for 2026. But then we, you know, we dialed it up to 11 in terms of the hospitality when we hosted them. Um, we even had CWA scones for the guys afterwards. You That'll know, we, do it. We knew how to, how to show them a good time in town. And then afterwards, the managing director came up to me and said, oh, let me see what I can do and squeeze you guys in next year. Ah, so fingers crossed, fantastic. you know, showing them a good time, looking after them, yeah. presenting them to a really appreciative audience. Um, you know, we will we'll get acts like that come back. And even if it's not ACO, you know, they all talk to each other. So they know Definitely. that it's a good time when you come to Amina. Yeah. And as you said, COVID has obviously meant that some of these really um, nationally and also internationally important um performers aren't able to travel overseas and so they are looking to the regions for performance opportunities so can we expect to see some more stuff this year perhaps yeah i've been saying to people whether it's up at the conservatorium or anywhere take advantage of this golden period mm. in regional um, arts and culture because there are high profile acts touring through towns like us all the time at the moment and so really jump on board and take advantage of that opportunity because it's it, it will end of course you know yeah. um there will probably be a, a a little bit of dark days when everyone <laughs> goes overseas again because they've yeah. been waiting and touring um so yeah honestly audiences should um take advantage of that we've just released a little brochure of all our programs for 2021 Ooh. Um, uh, and the next one we've got coming up is Opera Australia coming to town, mm -hmm. which again is a coup for us to land the opera company coming to town. We um, we are reinforcing <coughs> our windows and doors for the lineup of divas that are coming. It's um, going to be you know I think we've got ten you know high profile singers um, and uh, and their own orchestra coming up to perform in the same auditorium and the same format. The two shows worked yes. really well. So yeah. we have um, a 5.30 performance, which is, you know, early if you've just come straight from work in town, perfect for like families or out of town, people who want to come have a one hour concert and then head home and then a repeat performance at 7.30. So it's a format that we kind of tested with the Australian Chamber Orchestra. Um, in fact, they've said that this is a format that they might use in their own touring um, yeah. ongoing. So, you know, uh, take my royalties from every concert that they do from <laughs> here on out. But we're going to do the same thing with the Australian Chamber Orchestra because the, um, with the Opera Australia, sorry, because the audiences really loved it. It was yeah, a sure. great setup for us. Fantastic. Before we get too far into the opera, for those of us who, as I said, aren't, um, you know, in the know when it comes to classical music, what exactly is a chamber orchestra? How is it different from, say, the symphony orchestra? Chamber orchestras are obviously smaller in size. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that might be anything from maybe 10 to you might say 35 would be about stretching what the size of a chamber orchestra is. Anything bigger than that, you'd be talking about a orchestra in its own right. Sure. Um, chamber orchestras generally don't have a conductor either. So they'll be working from the lead violinist who is directing from their instrument. It's a very high pressure situation mm. for the first violinist. 
and for the whole orchestra really because you've got to be reading your own music listening to everybody and looking at that you don't have the kind of security blanket of a of a conductor you, you kind of sit when you're in a chamber orchestra as a performer it's like a cat-like state of readiness you've, all your <laughs> senses are like right up and fired and kind of listening and looking and taking cues from all around you um the repertoire is um written specific for those ensembles so smaller forces um in terms of listening it's a much more transparent sound you can hear mm-hmm. all the individual parts more um and it is for the performers, a real mix of being soloists as well as being ensemble musicians. It's a great blend and you get really exciting performances out of it. Fantastic. Okay, so back to opera. Now, in the advertisement for Opera Australia, you've been talking about the fact that this is opera without the boring bits, which does excite me because I do admit I, I've only been to the opera once. It was in Paris, uh, so that has to give me some cred, I yep. think. Um, so at the Paris Opera, obviously, beautiful building. I was there with my mother. We um, we got tickets in a beautiful box. We're drinking champagne. I loved the Marc Chagall ceiling. <laughs> I might have fallen asleep at some point. It was very long. Um, and it was a contemporary opera and even though it was sung in English I couldn't understand what they were saying I think I loved the experience very very much but at the same time I walked away going I don't really know about opera at all so um, what is what is opera without the boring bits and how or why should someone like me come along to it well look I admit operas are long nights right it's a big investment of your time they were clearly written in a time very different to now you know we're talking 17th 18th century into 19th century really the peak periods um, for opera and it was the big night out and it was as much about being seen as seeing Mm -hmm. the performance right so it was the place to be they didn't have the internet they didn't have spotify (laughs) they had much longer attention spans than we have let's be really honest we've all trained ourselves to digest little bite sizes of information i did to you know just to to um uh, explain myself i did have a really long day of sightseeing before going to the opera i'd been to the louvre you know uh so i was i was a little bit exhausted yeah so you know i think um I am a genuinely a huge fan of opera. I've worked in and around the art form of opera my whole life. The reason I um, went into music in the first place was because I had one of those freaky kind of lightning bolt experiences where as a, um, a school we got bussed into the Sydney Opera House and we saw an opera and I'd never seen music before and I was like, this is what I want to do, right? It is amazing the the production you've kind of got all of the different elements coming together you've got obviously music and singing all the instruments but you've got all the kind of um visual um arts of you know the set making the Mm -hmm. props the costumes but even thinking about the technical disciplines of lighting and sound and staging like it all comes together and it is really a pinnacle art form um and so you know, they're big stories and they're long stories and they're dramatic and there's tension builds and, you know, there's uh, there's clearly filler in a lot of some <laughs> of that stuff, I don't mind admitting. But do you know what? The bits that are gold are gold for a reason and mm. people know these really famous arias or, you know, the individual songs from within a three-hour opera or a six-hour opera or even a 24-hour opera. Um, we've actually worked with the Artistic Director of Opera Australia to just pick those individual little kind of three to five minute gems out of the whole opera and package them in a one hour show. Mm -hmm. So for people who already know and love opera, they are gonna get a smorgasbord of literally probably 10 to 15 different operas in a night. Mm -hmm. For people who don't know anything about opera or you know maybe have uh, dipped their toe in the water now and then, 
you are going to come along and hear like all of these famous songs or arias from opera that you definitely know, like whether it's Bugs Bunny cartoons, you know, <laughs> where most people come across opera, um, uh, TV commercials, movies, video games. Like it's honestly all these super famous. You will know every single one of the tunes 100% guaranteed, even if you've never been to an opera before. So to kind of package them up in a one hour thing is really special and it's absolutely exclusive to Armadale and to New England audiences. It's not being performed anywhere else. So we're really lucky that we've got a lineup of superstars in that beautiful building. We're going to have this kind of one hour show, two of them, 5.30 and 7.30. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, we wanted to take a little bit of that pizzazz that you're talking about. It is still a special night when you go to the opera because of that, I guess the heritage of it being mm. such an amazing art form. So um, on the uh, upper balcony of the Armadale Teachers College, we're going to create a pop-up opera bar, a champagne bar Oof. up there because you probably know that that is the, easily the best views in town yes. on that balcony. And it's hardly ever, ever open, mm. you know. So um, we're going to have a champagne bar up there. Um, we're going to put a little bit of drama into it. You know, we're going to have our Fabulous. wait staff in tuxedos and things like that. Like, it's I mean, because that's, that's the big question. What is the dress code and what will you be wearing? Well, what will I be wearing? I mean, I the thing about opera is um, you should go in what you're comfortable about. And I think that's about, you know, going to a museum or going to a concert. Like, th th what people are wearing is neither here nor there, right? You know, I think, um, what's the hospitality saying? You know, the no shoes, no shirt, no service. <laughs> I think that's the minimum. Anything beyond then, whatever you're comfortable in, really. I mean, there'll be people who will dress up because they might have been to the opera house. You know, like you're saying, been to Paris. And it's a kind of reason to get dressed up. And that's fun. And that's that's great. But equally, if you're coming in like shorts and a singlet and you've got some shoes on, still come and just enjoy it. And uh, Don't. It's uh, soon and it's cold. So <laughs> yeah. put on a jumper. <laughs> um, but, you know, like whatever, you know, it's, uh, we're past that. You know, it's yeah. not it's not a um, we're trying to work really hard to break down barriers to people coming in and engaging with music as the same you are doing with art. And. Um, if we are stuffy and pretentious about it, why would you engage with it or why would you take the risk? Because you feel like if I go and I take a chance on this, I'm going to be embarrassed, right? I'm mm. not going to be wearing the right thing. I'm not going to know when to clap. I'm not going to know what to say. Clap when you want, wear what you want, take your drink in, you know, whatever you want to do, doesn't matter. Just come and engage with the art form. And you don't have to sit there and nod and understand every part of the lyrics. It's an overall night and an experience, you know, like come and let the music wash over you. People watch other people in the crowd, get a glass of champagne and stand on the balcony, you know, laugh because you've heard it in, you know, Bugs Bunny cartoons, <laughs> applaud because you've heard it, you know, in, um, in a car commercial, you know, all that kind of stuff just enjoy it and engage with it it's really fantastic heritage as well as you've got great artists who are going to be working their butt off to perform what is the absolute pinnacles of vocal repertoire on the night well, it sounds absolutely fabulous. I mean, I intend to wear a ball gown, I think, is, you know, that's how I feel like I would enjoy opera most. But I like the fact that it's totally inclusive. It's for everyone. Kids are welcome. Absolutely. Everyone can come along, which, you know, is exactly what art should be. It is for everyone. And, you know, I don't think many people would take the punt on a three and a half hour opera like 120 bucks a ticket and having to travel to Sydney. So mm. if you've ever wondered what the art what the opera, you know, like come and have a punt and just see. You might never like it, you might never go. You went once you had a glass of champagne and yeah. you laughed at some people and got out of there, you know. But um, I hope people try it out. Absolutely. I, it's, it's, honestly, it's great repertoire. I am not a classical, 
you know, kind of um, devotee. I listen to as much hardcore electronic dance music as anything else, and I still find something exciting in the music of opera. Fantastic. Okay, so everyone wants to come because it's going to be amazing. Where do they get the tickets? When is it on? What's the deal? Okay, so the concert's on the 20th of May, so we're about two weeks away, mm-hmm. I think, from now. Um, tickets, you can go onto the NECOM website, necom.org.au, or ring our front office and we'll do it there for those who aren't, you know, digitally literate. Um, but you know what? Have a punt. It's like $39 for a ticket. Have a go. Buy a glass of champagne. Have a great night, you know. I'll be there. So I expect to see everyone from Armadale. I feel like it is the event to go to in May. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully we will see what's It's that or the there. Moscow Circus, right? <laughs> yes, choose the opera. Choose yeah. the opera, people. And we're going to give people a taste. So, Chris, can you intro our, um, our halfway song? Well, look, I went right for the famous stuff, right? So um, we're going to listen to Nessun Dorma, which is an aria from Turandot by Puccini. Fantastic.
are back with What the Art, beautiful little moment of opera there. Do make sure you get your tickets for May 20th at the New England Conservatorium of Music. I think it's going to be a fabulous night. My second guest today is Steph Wanless, who has recently returned to Armadale after some time away. Well, recently-ish. Recently-ish. Yeah, recently-ish. 2019. Yeah, but 2020 never happens, so, you know, still recently. That's it. Um, So after some time away um, and is the instigator of Found, which is a creative community for regional women. Welcome, Steph. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Good to be here. Yay. So, (laughs) Steph, you are a copywriter by trade, um, working with a variety of clients for almost 16 years. Tell us, what does a copywriter do and why do you love it? Okay, a copywriter writes anything around words, basically. (laughs) So, (laughs) So if you need words underneath a product on your website, if you need an about me page on your website, if you need a blog, if you need a like six page feature article in a magazine, if you need a thought leadership for thought leadership article for LinkedIn, if you need a batch of social media posts, I can write all of that. Um, And that's what my husband and I do Mm -hmm. um, through copywriting. And we've been, yeah, doing that for a very long time. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where that comes in. And is that because you are a wordsmith, you love advertising? What is it that attracted you to being a copywriter? Um, I studied journalism. Um, I was always, English was always my thing at high school. Hated maths, hated science. Thank God when I was going through the HSC, it was the first year, I think, where you didn't have to do a science or a maths unit. And mm-hmm. I was thrilled and put all of that into English and history and drama and that kind of stuff. So, look, I was always strong at English and I just loved writing. I just think I I knew that I could naturally string a sentence together. I might be struggling right here, right now, but <laughs> put a pen in my hand and I'm better. Um, and yeah, look, I went and studied journalism with that and went on to, to actually, I did work in advertising for a period of time in Sydney as well, but eventually made my way back to writing and it just felt natural. It just felt easy. Um, and I love talking to people and kind of finding their stories and helping them put those stories to paper and yeah, I love it. Yeah, and you seem to be a very uh, people-focused person. Um, so one of the things that you have done since returning um, to Armadale is to instigate Found. Tell us what Found is about. Yeah, so Found is about bringing like-minded women together um, in Armadale and like immediate regional surrounding area. It's I, I always like to say on my move, I felt like it was a pretty selfish thing. <laughs> really because when I came back I couldn't find um, where those women were you know women like me who were either working full-time and had a bit of a side hustle had just taken the leap into a side hustle were working in a creative field full-time here throughout the region anyway and I think a lot of us I, I had a sense that a lot of us were here but we were working in studios in our backyards or we were working on properties out of town or you know, um, in buildings that I hadn't discovered yet in town. And I just felt like there was no one place or group or community or anything like that where all of those types of people were coming together. Um, And whether that's to learn something new, just to have a drink and chat, do something fun. I went into it wanting to arm regional women in those types of fields with skills that they might need to help grow their business, grow their confidence, grow their creativity. Um, And that's where Found 
came about, I wanted something like that. So I thought surely there must be other people around me who want that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really common experience, uh, I think particularly for women who are moving to the region, either moving back or coming for the first time. I know that when I came to be the curator at Armadale, I was really lucky in a way because a art museum has a community and I was mm. immediately folded into that community and that was fantastic. But then to find a peer group that was outside of my work took a lot longer because yeah. yeah, there isn't like a, um, you know, a club for people wanting to make friends in their 30s no. that you can just sort of turn up to and no. um, and do that. So you've tried to essentially create that for women. Yeah. yeah, it's much it's much harder making friends as you get older if you're not in a work environment, as you say. Mm. And like I've been a freelance writer for almost eight years now um, and running a copywriting agency with my husband for almost three years now. So, look, we're very used to working at home. Um, we're very used to living in our pyjamas, basically, and doing <laughs> all that stuff. So um, that's not uh, that wasn't a struggle for us with COVID. But what really did kind of stick out to us then was especially after moving back regionally from, you know, life in Sydney and life in Newcastle as well, was there there isn't that option to go out and, like, take part in a, a workshop or a conference or, like, a networking group or something like that. Not, not one that I felt kind of reached that, you know, early 20s, you know, even students up through to women 50, 60 and beyond who are doing amazing things in our region. Um, there's n- there was no common place where I felt it was kind of ticking those boxes for us. So, And do you think that this particular or this kind of group is particularly important for women? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Um, I think, you know, I, I said I've been copywriting as a freelancer for eight years. That's because that's when I had my son. And mm. I made the decision not to go back to work because I didn't want to pay extortionate childcare fees in Sydney. Um, he was premie and I didn't want to hand over his care to someone who I didn't know um, all the time. So I was very lucky that I was good at a craft that enabled me to work from home and gave me the opportunity to take that leap. Um, and I did it. But man, I have never felt more lost, you know, mm. like as a woman, as a mother, professionally, all those things. So when I was city based, it it was important for me to force myself out of the house and go and find those women in those networking groups and, and things like that. So um, coming home to Armadale and look, I love every minute of it. I do. I'm so happy to be here. Um, and it is such an amazing, creative, vibrant community. Um, I just wanted to find those people and remember those connections and have those conversations. You know, we've had marketing workshops, we've had PR workshops, and at the end of this month at the beautiful Niran, we are hosting Made by Maddie um, to to make some gorgeous earrings. And look, it's not always about those things. It's about the conversations that happen in between those lessons and in between those workshops together mm-hmm. um, that I think are crucial for women. Yeah, because I think so much um, that we might attribute, I mean, let's call it success, even though it's it's not necessarily that, but, um, you know, so much opportunity to, to work on projects or to find employment or to, you know, advance new career does come from those connections or networks that, that you make, even mm-hmm. just to, um, you know, get involved in something that you might be passionate about. You need to find the people who are passionate about the same things Absolutely. that you are. Yeah, and it sparks new ideas, mm. um, you know, it's... Um, uh, I'd go mental staying in the same four walls all the time. Um, 
alongside my husband as much as I love him. You know, <laughs> you need to have those conversations <laughs> with other people. Yeah. Um, and it, they, it forces you to think about things that you might not have previously considered, no matter how long you've been, you know, in your own profession or your own field. Um, that kind of collaboration uh, space is is massive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so have you found a large uptake from, from women here? People coming out, you're meeting people, yes. you're getting connected. Yes, we are all creeping out from our little corners of town and beyond. And uh, yeah, look, it's been... It's been really well received. Um, the the women are just awesome and so open and transparent and excited to share and be involved and everything. So we've got a great little group forming. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just good value. And uh, it's it has become. It's not just I don't see it as something you know that I'm running or that or anything like that. Now I feel like it belongs to all of us, um, and it is becoming more of a collaborative thing where we make suggestions on what kind of speakers we would like to mm-hmm. you know try and target next. What kind of activities would we like to do and. Yeah, cocktail making is up there apparently. So. <laughs> Fantastic. And yeah. as you said, your next workshop is making uh, bespoke earrings with Made by Maddie so people can make their own thing. And I do have to apologize to listeners who are getting all excited, but the workshop is sold out. That one is sold out. Yeah, so uh, you and I both missed out, but that's okay. Um, so that's happening at, at Niram um, at the end of this month. Yeah, Saturday the 29th of May from 10 till 2. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, beautiful. So since some of us may have missed out on that workshop what are some other ideas cocktail making is something that's coming up anything else that is sort of in the pipeline yes we've got a couple of things in the pipeline so actually june is booked um that is saturday the 26th with sophie hansen who is um kind of the founder of local is lovely she's down from orange way and she is a recipe developer and cookbook writer and also social media marvel so um she is going to come up and host a group of us to um really take us through how to create a community on Instagram specifically. Mm, um, and that's something she does down in her region, you know, with with farmers in particular, actually, and local growers and, and things like that. So, yeah, she is Saturday the 26th of June. Um, and then after that, we might be doing a little... I think we might do a Christmas in July kind of... Oh, fun. Just event, drinks, mm-hmm. fun thing. And then after that, I'm thinking we're moving into a bit of a health and wellness... Great. Yeah, day. So we'll see. So lots of great things coming up. So for those um, women out there who might want to connect to Found, how do we find you? Yeah, absolutely. The best place would be on Instagram. It's um, found underscore regional. um, And there's also um, the website foundregional.com.au where you can drop in your email address if that's easier for you. And I'll keep you updated that way. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me, Steph. And I look forward to, uh, yeah, getting into some of this Found action. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks so much. Awesome. That's all the time we have for What the Art uh, this week. Um, just one exciting arty thing that we're excited about um, at Niram, coming up at Niram, is uh, the Great Niram Bake Off, which is coming up on the 23rd of May. So make so sure good. you check <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, there will be lots of eating of cake yes. involved. Uh, and we're hoping like a really competitive playing field. So <laughs> make sure you jump on our, to our website and um, register your interest to be part of that um, and we'll see you on the 23rd uh, we're going to head out with one of my favorite songs which is changes by david bowie i'm rachel parsons uh, from new england Regional art museum and i'll see you next week on what the art
wild and mean dead end streets and every time I thought I got it made it seemed the taste was not so sweet so I turned myself to face me but I've never caught a glimpse how the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test change it Change it. Turn and face the strange. Change it. Don't tell them to blow up and out of it. Change it. 